good. But first, what's first in your life is the question. Okay, what's first in your life? And so this is the first sermon of the first month on the first day in the first week of 2023. The scripture we're going to read is Matthew 6, 33. And the sermon notes that we sent them out in the Church Center app, so if you got uh, any notification from it, you should just click and be able to go to your uh, Bible app and get all the sermon notes right there. But Matthew 6, 33 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the question that we can pull away from that, that can help us identify something, is what is first in our life? Okay? Where do I spend my time when I have a choice to spend my time? Think about that. That's, that's, that's the frame of mind we got to go into this. Where do I spend my time when I have a choice to spend my time? When we go to work we don't really have a choice. We have to work, right? We, we can't like change the setting and, and do whatever we want to do. It, you know, like, oh, I'm going to read my Bible. Bro, you're supposed to be working. <laughs> you're a truck driver. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's kind of this, this reality of uh, you, some things you don't have a choice. You have to get things done. You have to finish what you're doing. You have to pay attention to it. You, but the question would be this, when you have a choice, where do you spend your time? I'll say it like this, church is a choice. Some people can think, I have to be at church. No, you don't. You don't. It won't help you <laughs> if you're not at church. It'll affect your walk. But being at church is a choice. Because you take the time that you have available to you, and you say, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to worship. I'm going to be in community with other Christians. I'm going to hear the word. I'm going, to, I'm going to open my heart and my mind to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. Church is a choice. There are some other areas, though. Prayer is a choice. Prayer is a choice. Reading the Bible is a choice. Right? You, there's, there's plenty of other things that kind of draw on you. You know, you, you read the Bible... You know, your, your friends calling, hey, let's go do this, you know, <laughs> or, or all of a sudden you have 20,000 errands that you have to do. These things are, are choices. And, and it's obvious today, those of you that are here, you made a choice to say on the first day of, of this year, I'm going to be in church. Yeah. And that's a good choice. Matthew 6, again says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seeking the kingdom first begins and ends with your intake of scripture and your time in prayer. I can't make it any more simple. Seeking the kingdom first begins and ends with your intake of scripture and your time in prayer. You seek the kingdom first when you are reading your Bible and you are praying. That changes when you don't read your Bible and you don't pray. Okay? It's that simple. There is a clarity of, I, I'm doing everything I can to read the Bible. Okay? And, and I've said before, man, if even if it's just a proverb, <laughs> you know, just a, a little sentence, the shortest scripture in the Bible is Jesus wept. And if you read that, you read your Bible. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you, you made the effort. I read my Bible today. 
But that's, I'm saying there's an effort that has to be made to seek the kingdom first. It begins and ends with your intake of scripture and your time in prayer. When God is in first place, we have direction. When God's not in first place, all kind of chaos. You know, we don't, we don't know what to do. Oh, what do we do with this? What do we do with that? When we have direction, when God is in first place, there are so many benefits that happen because our family benefits from correct direction. Ministry is genuine with direction. We can get back on track when we find ourselves on the wrong path. The truth is this, God gives us direction. There are these moments when you're, you're searching, you're like, and this is the, I've had this conversation with so many people, uh, calling and purpose. There's this confusion of like, you know, I, I don't know this. I, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. Well, <laughs> the thing is this, when you're pursuing that definition and that calling and that purpose, you're not pursuing the one who would give you that calling and purpose. It's, it's simple. It's like this. You, you want to be a chef, okay? You want to be a chef. And you decide to go to school to be a lawyer. It makes no sense. Because if you're saying, what is my calling? What is my purpose? You have to get close to God. You have to pursue him to understand anything else. You don't go study and spend time, you know, with whatever else you're pursuing, you focus on him. Calling and purpose come from the direction that God gives us. I can be pretty confident saying there is a misunderstanding that calling and purpose are tied into what title or position we hold in an organized religious structure. Meaning this, a lot of times you can assume that if I get to this place and have this title, if I have this structured position in whatever church or organization you're part of, then you assume I'm fulfilling my calling and purpose. The problem is this. Calling and purpose for the Christian is to worship God. You can have a title. You can have a position in an organized structure or, or whatever. But to not worship God makes it a, a nullified goal. What's the purpose of you being in a, a titled position, uh, having a role in an organization when you don't even worship the God you speak to others about? So the calling and purpose for the Christian is to worship God. And there is a unique expression in that worship that begins to build out in different areas of our life. In your worship, there might be an urgency to bring glory to God in business. There might be an urgency to bring glory to God in the way you raise your children. But it's in the worship that you are defined in that calling and purpose. God begins to put something in you. And it begins to become something that you know, I need to express this. God put it in me. Why? Because I was in prayer with him. And he just dropped it in my spirit. And I never even wanted to do this thing. And just God put it in me. And I want to do it. <laughs> Scripture teaches us this. In Psalm 119, 105, okay, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when we get confused, when we get lost, when it becomes like so gray and foggy and we don't know where to go, what to do, we're like, oh man, I don't know what's going on with my life. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the thing is this, we start looking for all the other answers in all the other places, 
you know, we read the whatever, you know, you're scrolling Twitter, TikTok, you're watching the motivational ones, you know, like, it's like, oh man, David Goggins, is that his name? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, military guy, he's like, man, just keep running. Even if your toenails fall off, you're like, <laughs> it's mental. Keep going. Your heart rate. <laughs> and it's like, but your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Scripture is the thing that lights up the way we should be going. When we have lost our way or we can't see where we should go, we should look into Scripture. Okay, Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. We learn three things from that Scripture. It is not a wide open freeway. The Christian walk, the Christian life, it's not a wide open freeway. You know, it's a path. It's like a hiking trail on a mountain. It's, it's this difficult, small, narrow path. And a lot of times we like the idea that it's easy. You know, it's, it's like walking on a freeway with no cars. We know exactly where to go. You just keep walking. You have all these lanes. You can go wherever you want. You do whatever you want. That's not what Scripture teaches us. Scripture teaches it's a narrow path. We learn three things from this Scripture. It's, a, it's not a wide open for you. It's a more like a trail on a mountain. It's hard. And, and I don't know if that, you know, bothers you <laughs> or scares you. But this Scripture teaches us that it is not easy. Okay, so, you know, all the 2023, new year, new you, you know, this is your year. It might not be your year. That's easy. <laughs> like, it might be a difficult year. And, and the reality is that scripture teaches us that it's a hard walk. It's not easy. Being a Christian is a difficult thing. And I would, I would basically not be telling you the truth if I said something else. The truth is, it's hard. Okay. Now, the third thing we learn is that you have to find it. It says it. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. This suggests that we have to pursue. This doesn't mean that we're given the answers and the simplicity of like walking and say, here, just do this. There are some moments when you might call me. And you might say, hey, I don't know what to do. And I might say, I don't know what you should do. <laughs> you, might, you might feel like, well, you know, what about this and this and this? I don't know. Like, you, you have to find that. This is a hard walk. I, I will support, I will help and do whatever I can. But the reality is this. Your salvation lies in Christ alone, not in a pastor or a pastor or, or anybody else. It lies in Christ alone. And the pursuit of knowing him is the challenge, and you have to find it. This is why I say it. Seeking the kingdom first begins and ends with your intake of scripture and your time in prayer. Jesus said, again, in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then he shares some more wisdom with us. And, in, and you know, as you read through that chapter, he's sharing some more wisdom. You know, you can go back and read it later. But he gets to, uh, in, in chapter 27, verse 24, Matthew 7, 24, he's closing down the, the thought and the things he's sharing with everybody. And he says this, 
Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. We learn two things. He who hears and he who does will be like a wise man. So, the opposite is true. He who hears and doesn't do is like a foolish man. And this is the simplicity of this idea of seeking the kingdom first. There are some efforts and choices we have to make. Your first step in finding purpose is purposefully reading the word. That's, that's the first step. Saying, I'm going to read my Bible. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it boring sometimes? Yes. <laughs> you know, as I'm, I'm telling you, it'll be the biggest thing. You'll go to open your Bible, or you open your app to read your Bible, and all of a sudden, oh man, I got to call them back. Must be an emergency. You know, oh, 20 text messages? Must be important. You know, everything becomes a distraction. <laughs> Seeking the kingdom first is not doing ministry. Let me say that again. Seeking the kingdom first is not doing ministry. One more time. Seeking the kingdom first is not doing ministry. <laughs> if you didn't get it by now. <laughs> it's not doing ministry. You know, when we show up and we set this stuff up and, you know, there's worship and there's other, other areas of serving uh, God's people, that is not seeking the kingdom first. The seeking part is when we're doing it for him. Amen. Like, you know, it's, it's, we've talked about it. It's tiring to set stuff up. But there's a reality. I'm not doing it for you. I'm, I'm doing it for my heavenly father. And that's where the worship part comes in. I'm seeking him. I'm seeking that. Imagine Jesus himself walked into the church and looked around and said, who's setting up? Jesus, I've been here every Sunday doing it. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that to convince you to come help. I'm saying this because I want you to understand it's, it's the position of understanding where your heart is that seeking the kingdom first is not doing ministry. It's, it's who we're doing it for. Seeking his righteousness is not about being perfect. It's the pursuit of understanding what it even is. In order to seek something, you have to identify it and know what it is you are looking for. And seeking the kingdom first begins and ends with your intake of scripture and your time and prayer. Scripture and prayer cannot be replaced with a good church service and good vibes. <laughs> it's, it's, scripture and prayer cannot be replaced with a church service and good vibes. Let me say it like this. You think that because you felt God that you're okay. And I, I've said this before. You felt the same way during the movie. You listened to the other song and were like, oh my gosh, that's such a good song. Dermot Kennedy, you know that song. You know, there's a lot of Adele. You're like, oh, she should have been a worship leader. Just touch my corazón. The reality is this. There's an emotional thing that can happen because we are emotional beings. But the reality is that when we're seeking the kingdom first, it's the pursuit of knowing who our heavenly father is. It's not the pursuit of saying, I felt good today. 
quiet in this Presbyterian church on January 1st, 2023. Using a compass is pretty understandable. You know, and that's where we can begin to understand like how this is seeking the kingdom first. A compass has the north, south, east, and west, right? The saying we learned in elementary school, never eat sour watermelon. And that's the way it goes, yeah. (laughs) But north, east, south, west, right? It's pretty straightforward. You find the direction you need to go. You hold out the compass, and you find which way it's pointing to. If it's pointing that way, and that's east, I need to go that way, because that would be west. It's the same thing as a Christian. There are some clarity things in Scripture that says, you should not be in that relationship. You're married. (laughs) That's adultery. You should not be in that relationship. That's fornication. You're not married. Right? There's some clarity in Scripture that we read, and it's very simple. That's the wrong way. (laughs) Using a compass is pretty straightforward. You find the direction you need to go, and you go. This is what seeking the kingdom of God is like. North is like the direction of understanding God, who he is, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Without having our north, we don't know which way to go. We can assume things, but without staying close to God, we can very easily lose our sense of direction. It's like putting away the compass when we're lost and just hoping for the best. And then you're all messed up a year later. You're like, God, where are you? I don't mean to laugh, but I, I find it funny because it's, it's this, it's this, these conversations I have with some people where they're just, they're, they're pursuing the things they desire, the things they want, and then they're hoping that God approves of it. They're hoping that God says, see, it's okay. You can do this. When the reality is you have to stay in the place that says, Lord, I need to go where you're leading me. Matthew Henry says this, thoughtfulness for our souls is the most effectual cure of thoughtfulness for the world. Meaning like this, knowing that our soul can go to hell, we can go to hell. Okay, it's, it's an effectual cure of thoughtfulness for the world when we start to be tempted by the things that can so easily distract us. He says this, now observe first the object of this seeking, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We must mind heaven as our end. See, that's something we forget. We almost think that our accomplishments here on earth are where we're going to end. Heaven is our end and holiness is our way. Seek the comforts of the kingdom of grace and glory as your felicity. Aim at the kingdom of heaven. Press towards it. Give diligence to make it sure. Resolve not to take up short of it. Seek for this glory, honor, and immortality. Prefer heaven and heavenly blessings far before earth and earthly delights. We make nothing of our religion if we do not make heaven of it. And with the happiness of this kingdom, seek the righteousness of it, God's righteousness, the righteousness which he requires to be wrought in us and wrought by us, such as exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, we must follow peace and holiness. Seeking the kingdom first begins and ends with your intake of scripture and your time in prayer. If you started this year without any sort of disciplined mind to say, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray daily. If you forgot, I'm telling you right now, put it in your calendar. Put it in your schedule. 
You know, I, we, we work, all of us work. We have day jobs. We have things we have to do at home. There's a something that has to be intentional about spending time with our Heavenly Father. To say, I'm going to put it in my calendar. When we seek the kingdom of heaven first, everything else can still be a positive thing. We can be, of, be part of a great community. You know, we can be part of a great social club, go to a sporting event. But it's the seeking of the kingdom that benefits us in every way. I like, in a personal note, you know, I like going to concerts. I, I, that's, I, like, I like music. I like going and seeing bands, you know. Uh, some of the heavier stuff, you know, like that's, I enjoy that. It's what I like. Okay? But that is not the goal of my life. It is not the thing that feeds me as a Christian. It, it's just something that's like an entertainment thing. Because there's something here that has become a staple in my life to say, I spend time with my Heavenly Father. That's what I draw from. Nothing else. The, the, a sporting event might benefit some of us in some way. You know, uh, there's a... What are these teams that everybody likes? Dodgers. Dodgers. You know, what else? What else, guys? All of a sudden, see? All of a sudden, now we're... (laughs) There's teams that we like. There's nothing wrong with going to a game. Nothing wrong going and cheering them on. You know, losing your voice because you're screaming at the top of your lungs. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something wrong when we replace our time with our father in that. Where it becomes all about the big game. You know, like all about the whole world is, you know, your, your whole life is planned around this one sporting event. And it's like as a Christian, there should be something that convicts our hearts to say, that is not my God. I enjoy it. I have fun. But my time with my heavenly father is important. A family event might be of benefit. And, and I've talked about it before, you know, how our families can become idols. Where, where all of a sudden, we have to be at this family thing. And then you go, and there's a big fight, and you're like, God, where are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you didn't read your Bible, man. You're the one that caused the fight, you know? Like, <laughs> Seeking the kingdom of heaven first is knowing the direction we need to go. And... and and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this soon, but I'm saying this in, in hopes that we would not leave here tonight with this false idea that anything else is more important than your time with God. It is priority that you spend time with God, that you read your word, that you pray I like what gotquestions.org, uh, it's, a, it's a good website, you can go check it out, ask some questions, and they give some great answers, but it says this, but how do we know if we're truly seeking God's kingdom first? How do we really know that? And, and they respond with these, there are questions we can ask ourselves, where do I primarily spend my energy? That's a big one. Where do I primarily spend my energies? Is all my time and money spent on goods and activities that will certainly perish or in the services of God 
the results of which live on for eternity. Believers who have learned to truly put God first may then rest in this holy dynamic. And all these things will be given to you as well. The reality of it, we seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else, everything else comes second and God gives it to us. Let me leave you with this challenge and then we'll stand and I'll hand it over to Pastor Mancha. But to consider this, long term, long term, at the end of your life, people will speak of you. You know, they'll go to the, the funeral, you know, they'll stand up and they'll say, you know, different things about you. Well, they were this, he was this, she was this, they were always doing this, they were always doing that. And at the end of your life, there will be a testimony of who you are. And people will say, man, they loved God. And that love helped them love everybody else. They'll say things like that about some of you. They'll say things, man, every time I saw them, they were reading their Bible. Every time I saw them, they wanted to pray. <laughs> it doesn't matter who was over the food, you still wanted to pray. <laughs> But what I'm saying is this, they will speak of you. They will say they always did this. They were always this way. And in that long-term mindset of what will be said at the end of our lives, like I hope the challenge would be in your heart for people to say about you, they really loved God. They really lived with a desire to know him, to make him known. They weren't perfect, but man, we saw them. We saw them go through this stuff, and they came out the other side, and they were still pursuing Jesus. Let's stand. Close our eyes. And I want us to just take a minute. And Pastor Monch is going to come up and lead us in some prayer. But I want you to just take a minute and consider this year when you have the choice to spend your time and your energy, will you reconsider what you're spending it on at the most thing and put God in that place? Whether it's a video game I'm not, I'm not attacking any of this stuff. I'm just saying it's, it's these examples of a video game, a sporting event. Maybe it's just hanging out with certain people. Whatever that choice can you consider to say, Lord, I want to put you as priority. I want to spend more time and energy with you than on anything else.